Welcome to Authorized, a podcast where we gleefully discuss the novelization of any film fortunate enough to have one. Novelizations are sprightly, infectious nibbles off of a zippy, colorful film. Unable to impart the visual, eye-popping cartoonishness of a children's adventure, these books instead lean into the humor and cheeseball charm of their aw-shucksing, winking cast of characters. Though the protagonist of a novelization is a fully adult, anthropomorphic alien hedgehog, by the end of a junior novel, he has become the reader's fun, if annoying, best friend. He's a teenager. Okay, so this is great. So our guest today, which uh, has not been introduced yet, did not read this novelization because I said I would send it to him and I didn't. <laughs> and that that presents us with a unique opportunity. Uh Matt, uh, Hannah and I are engaged in a bit of a an argument that's, uh, I would say, about a year a year on now. Uh, how old do you think Sonic is? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. I'm full of them. I'm going to say he is 14 years old. Boom! Exactly. He is 14 mm-hmm. years old. That is exactly mm-hmm. the age range that Sonic the Hedgehog is in these movies. Mm-hmm. Wow. Matt, thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, Thank everyone's you. everyone's entitled to their opinion. You are wrong, Andrew. I personally believe that he's about 22. Uh, <laughs> you are yes, backpedaling he, from when look, you initially were like, he's 30. And I was like, you're he's fucked 45, up. And he's look, <laughs> trying to decide if he wants children. <laughs> I, I am, I'm, I'm capable of of admitting that I was wrong. And when I said 30 initially, I was wrong. But 22's right on the money. This He's guy. 14. Yes, he grew up in total isolation. You know, uh, it, he's on what to him is an alien planet. He has no human interaction. Yeah, his development emotionally is a little stunted. But he is, he like, is he's got the... the years old. He speaks... Like a 22-year-old, he's a zippy little college student. You cannot let the voice of Ben Schwartz taint the fact that this is a child. He's a boy. He's a, he's a young teenager. Mm. And when we meet Tails, he's like 12. And when we meet Knuckles, he's like 16. That's how it works. I hadn't thought about Knuckles. Knuckles felt like an 18, like a strong 18 to me. It's insane but. that Knuckles is voiced by Idris Elba, not to I mean, get ahead of ourselves, but it's, <laughs> it's, he's a full grown adult man voice, you know, it's for someone who's also meant to be like adoptable. Uh, in Andrew, in the movie, he starts out as a little child and then it says Montana 10 years later. <laughs> There is a Chiron mm. on the screen. It's a great mm. point, Matt. It's a great point. Mm. Well, it's a Baby Yoda situation. We don't know how they age. <laughs> oh my <So>. god! <laughs> I would know. I'd like to direct us to the text before we even finish the intro. So, on page sixty-eight, uh, it, it, Sonic is is introducing himself to Donut Lord, and he says, "I'm a hedgehog. I feel like that's obvious. My name is Sonic, and I'm in big trouble. Oh, you're in big trouble." You're not the one who punched some sort of government weirdo back there. You think you have problems? I was just trying to live alone, honest, Sonic said. But something happened, and my powers caused the blackout. Whoa, are you, like, on a countdown to explode? No, dude. 
I'm just a teenager and everything in my life sucks right now. Now he's a teenager. <laughs> but here's the reason I invoke the text here is because it is horrifying to see the way misinformation is sweeping the globe. <laughs> you bet your bottom dollar that if and when we interview this author, I'm putting the screws to him. Who made you say he was a teenager? This goes all the way to the top. He is a teenager. He needs parents to help guide him because he is not an adult. Yeah, uh, one of his earliest emotional moments is him watching a Little League baseball game. He's not watching the Dodgers, my friend. <laughs> in the movie, in that scene with the baseball game, he says, if you do this, you'll be the most popular kid in Green Hills. He self-identifies as a kid. Oh, my God. Which <laughs> implies that almost he's younger you, than we are putting him. Did you grow up in 20th century America? Because yeah. There's the people are calling men kid until they're like 29. Yeah, some adults are kids. Sometimes it's cute. But Sonic is a child. Only for men. Have you noticed that? I'm never like, yeah, I was I I know this great kid and it's like He's looking at you, kid. Doesn't Yeah, Mm. maybe. Which is about a lady. I mean, I call people I'm dating, I call them that all the time. You're being a child, but you know. (laughs) It's cute. It's cute. No, I do think it's mostly men, but I hear you. I mean, and also, again, Sonic is a boy. He's a kid, but he yeah, is a he, child. He does the Fortnite floss dance as well, which I have not seen many <laughs> yeah. 20, 20-year-olds do, for the record. It's very much a, ch- a, a 12 to 14-year-old in the year 2020 is Sonic. The things he's interested in, the way he behaves, the way he like engages with pop culture. I feel like it's these are my baby cousins. They're just just like him. Sonic the Hedgehog has the energy of someone who just finished undergrad and it, he thought about going to grad school, but then he didn't. He was like, you know what? I'm going to forge my own way. And he got out in the world. And he was like, what this the is, fuck I do hate I? that you're no, being no, no, stubborn no, no. about this because you are so unbelievably incorrect. This is like that one time that friend of the podcast, Rachel Leishman, said something to the effect of Paddington fucks. And I was like, he is literally an eight year old child. He's oh, a child. Yeah. That's sick. Mm. And she like doubled down, and I was like, "You're disgusting." I would say so. <laughs> I was right. I would say Sonic is a child. I would say Sonic has jerked off, but he just figured it out. Like he is. He just. <laughs> yeah. He just came of age. Brand new. Mm-hmm. This is why it's okay when Paddington runs around as a naked bear to me. But I do think that Sonic should be wearing little running shorts. I agree. He would look good in them too. Does he? Does he wear them in the video game? Just no, but his okay. body is structured slightly differently. It's a it's a shorter torso, mm. so I think it it's less aggressive that yeah, he's not okay, wearing any okay, pants. Okay. That makes sense. And there's a couple points in both the book and the movie where he says, "Like I'm not even wearing pants." And I was like, "Then put on fucking pants, young Don't man." Don't brag about like, that. Like if you feel <laughs> self conscious about it, you can get pants. In the in the book, there's a line at the end where they're like, uh, "He's like, did I do it? Did I defeat Eggman?" And they're like. <laughs> Yeah, man, you did a great job. Uh, let's find you some pants. And I, I was thinking, and now? Do. And then they now don't. You want like, and then he continues to not wear pants. You were and fine with it for a really long time. Little running shorts, you know, like 70s basketball shorts with the white uh-huh. trim. Cute. Mm. It would be cute mm-hmm. in red. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that at his advanced age, it's inappropriate to <laughs> have it all out like that. We are your hosts, a loose coalition of novelization enthusiasts. My name is Andrew Overby. And I'm Hannah Blackman, Sonic the Hedgehog, 
is a 2020 film directed by Jeff Fowler, and it follows Sonic, an alien teenage boy, driven mm. from his homeworld by hostile echidnas as a baby, as a little, little guy. Mm. Ugh, the echidnas, they are mean, huh? And, well, we'll save that conversation. For we'll Sonic get to it, but the, the, all the lore I'm extremely confused on. Sure, well, we can do some of it. I, I was going to go hard onto the echidnas, but I think that's a Sonic 2 conversation. Mm. Anyway... After years of living on Earth in the capacity of a local Bigfoot, a blue devil, if you will, Sonic's intense loneliness manifests a meltdown that exposes him as a powerhouse of chaos energy. When the U.S. government contracts the sinister inventor, Dr. Robotnik, the hottest Jim Carrey you ever seen, <laughs> to hunt this alien down, Sonic will need to team with a local police officer and a nice guy if he wants any chance to flee Earth and captivity at the hands of the government. The novelization of Sonic the Hedgehog was written by Kiel Fegley. It was published by Random Penguin Penguin. It was published by Penguin Random House in 2020. I've got a few can jokes for the Sonic episode, but here's the first one. Between Sonic and Donut Lord, is this the ultimate Blue Lives Matter movie? <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today, you just saw him recently, I think. I don't know when we release these, but I think <laughs> I think that last National Treasure was like three weeks ago. Uh, Matt Dartnell, you're not in a car this time. Um, <laughs> what has happened in your life that has propelled you from living out of a car to seeming to have... People never use this expression this way, but you've eaten yourself into house and home. <laughs> uh, I found lodging. It's called my house it's called <laughs> i'm no longer dealing with the family over christmas break it's a new year i'm much more comfortable thanks for having me matt you are at uh the disadvantage of uh i i listened to to many podcasts and and some of them have sort of this challenging central conceit in which someone's like come on my podcast and I'll 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 tell you of something I'll regale you with a something from like history you know and then the guest it's great for the guest cuz they're like I don't have to do any homework but then they get there and they have to react and that's their whole function which seems stressful to me they basically have to spend the whole time being like oh boy oh wow uh, and something I like about our podcast is that everyone comes in on equal footing, having read the book, but I forgot to send you the book. So first of all, sorry. <laughs> no, no worries at all. I'm excited to hear about it. I will react appropriately. <laughs> and secondly, what, how'd you feel about Sonic the Hedgehog, the video game series, the movies mm -hmm. before uh you know this podcast was in your life yeah um if i were to play a, a guess the character sonic game i don't think i would perform particularly well because mm -hmm. while while the sonic speculative fiction while the sonic the hedgehog uh character means a lot to me a lot of nostalgic connection it's really just from the original Sega Genesis game. Maybe mm. maybe the second one, if there was a second one on that particular system, but it was a go-to going to friends' houses, not explicitly to play video games, but like, please God, can we play some video games right now? And I played that game backwards and forwards, inside and out. I loved it. And um, yeah, so much so that when the movie was actually coming out, I was generally 
I was genuinely curious about it, excited about it. And I thought the movie was a blast. Uh, I was able to rewatch it for this because my nephew, whose mom we share an Amazon account with, bought it with his own money and he loves it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's a fun movie for kids. It's a fun movie for me. Hannah Blackman, how about you? Yeah. How do you feel about Sonic the Hedgehog? I you had some relation to this character before the movies. Am I correct yeah. in saying that? You are correct. Yeah. So I didn't play video games growing up, but my brother did. So I watched him play Sonic, Sonic Two, Sonic and Knuckles, um, all of the Genesis games. I think that's it. But we had the one where you could like like plug Sonic into Sonic and Knuckles and play as Knuckles in Sonic 1, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Cool stuff. Um, (laughs) Then we did have a Dreamcast, and we did have Sonic Adventures and Sonic Adventures 2. Both were too difficult for me, because I'm bad at games. But I watched my brother play them both. And then sometimes I would play the first level of Sonic Adventures, where you get chased by a whale on a beach. When you Um, say chase, they're, like, jumping over you, right? Yeah, but they're, like, crushing the, like, boardwalk you're on. Oh, yes, of course. So, like, if you're not fast enough, theoretically, it would smush you. Mm. And I liked that level, and I could achieve it, and then I could not achieve any other level. But I liked running around in the world and whatever. It was um, it was fun. So, yeah, I'm very pro-Sonic. I have a lot of warmth in my heart for Sonic. I also think I watched the cartoon as a kid, and my brother and I had a bunch of Sonic comic books. Um, which exist in the same world as the cartoon, I think, where he has like a, a, a like a chipmunk girlfriend who's like part robot because of Robotnik's evil schemes, um, <laughs> mm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> and like a really old dad who's maybe one hundred percent a robot. I don't totally remember anymore. So yeah, very pro Sonic. For Christmas this year, I got my brother a Rowing Blazers baseball cap with Sonic on it. Wow, very so cool. Us, that's me. Yeah, I love Sonic. I love that. I'm guy. very fascinated by that first Sonic Adventures game. I I came to it as a port to the GameCube. I did not play it on the mm. original system, and it is part of this crop of video games that came out from like '97 to 2002, where when the Nintendo 64 came out and it 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 debuted with Super Mario 64 as like the the flagship release. Uh, Everyone's minds were blown, which is funny to think back on now because, in my opinion, not to be, like, a jerk about it, it's sort of a comically easy game for the most part. It's just, it was the first 3D platformer, and it just made all of our heads explode. You get to jump through pictures, Andrew. Look, I love this game with my whole heart, and at least once a year... I play it <laughs> from what there was some a really dark a really gross one in the in the dark tower recently. Let me think about it. I play it from ass to appetite. Uh, <laughs> I know it's, I was like Stephen, what what the fuck? Um, I play it uh, from beginning to end, and when I say that, I do not mean that I play it from the beginning of the game to defeating Bowser. I mean I get all 120 stars in a single sitting. At least once a year. I'm, I'm in love with the game. But there's this whole crop of games that comes out in the next five years where <clears throat> people are going, okay, what what's the big thing here? How do, we, how do we ape this? And they have the wrong takeaways. Usually they go, people want something of an open world. And Sonic Adventure uh, is so confusing because 
Sonic, by its very nature, is meant to be 2D. It's meant to be like, it's very clear what you need to do. It's just hard to do. Go forward. And yes, or to the right. And yeah. uh, Sonic Adventure is this bizarre game where they, they drop you in the whale level and you're like, ha ha ha, so fun. What a great 3D adaptation of this thing I already love. And then they just put you in a town and they were like, they're like, that's fun, huh? Well, there's other levels. Hope you find them. <laughs> and in the right order to develop the appropriate skills. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It also, for me, expanded the lore of Sonic in ways that I was like, what's happening? Like the little chows and mm -hmm. the like world of that. And there's a bunch of new characters like Amy and Big the Cat and that little rabbit and whatever. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, who are the, I don't know these people at all. <laughs> Very exciting. These, this whole crop of games uh, from Mario 64 onward and like, you're like, Banjo-Kazooie's and whatever, they're at once lore-heavy, as you're saying, where it's like, here's a, here's a new character, here's another new character, but they're so narratively light, it's haunting. And then you get to Shadow the Hedgehog where the narrative is too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played that one, but uh, every I've only read about it, but it seems insane. <laughs> What's that? Well, I, I didn't play it either. I was sort of not... My brother had gone to college by then, and so I was no longer experiencing video games. Sounds like um, whoever created the video game had also gone to college and was having a rough time of it. Because <laughs> what I know about Shadow as well is it's just like, this is not necessary for anyone. I mean, notoriously, Shadow's girlfriend dies, and he has a gun. Like a straight-up gun. <laughs> He's a little hedgehog. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard to... Gun violence is a huge problem. Of course. I want that on the record. It is the funniest thing I've ever heard to take a series that is enjoyed by many young people. What if I did this with Mario or Pokemon? What if I was like, oh, we need a dark Now Pikachu Pokemon. has a gun. We need the taxi driver of Pokemon. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's an Ash who wears dark clothing, and he has a fucking pistol. Uh -huh. I literally, like, if we get to Sonic the Hedgehog 3, the movie, and Shadow doesn't have a gun, I will be disappointed, to be frank. <laughs> oh I think God. he should have a gun. For at least a scene. They can take it away from him or whatever, but, like, in, in, in the way I want to see it. In the way that in this movie, Sonic ate, like, three chili dogs and was like, wow, I never had a chili dog before. Like, yeah, we got to do something to kind of play with that. Because, yeah. like, I didn't even know there was an open world or, like, not side scrolly Sonic game at all. Because, again, I really only played the first one. And then we were a PS2 family. So mm -hmm. my version of this was Jack and Daxter, which, by the way, the second and third Jack and Daxter games he he gets a gun and then he gets a bigger <laughs> gun and then everyone else gets guns and then you're Give just in Mario you're just a in gun. gun world now it's so strange so there was something something going on in the in the open world video game world i think <laughs> there's so many things in video games and kids video games that simulate a gun you know you're 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 playing Mario Kart and they're like, "Oh, shoot the shell at someone. How fun, how childish." Obviously, it's just a gun. And <laughs> you know, they you know, Banjo-Kazooie, you like wring the bird's neck and it like shoots eggs at people and it's like, <laughs> "Oh, it's a cute version of a rifle." But <laughs> the step to just go, "What if it was a rifle?" <laughs> what if Shadow the Hedgehog was holding a 9mm Glock? 
<laughs> that's so sick oh my god someone like doodled like, it on their napkin and then the boss was like he did this double take and was like that looks fucking awesome <laughs> put it I in mean, the game i mean a franchise where like nothing bad happens in sonic right like you bonk a robot on the head and a little bird flies out and the little <laughs> bird is fine you yeah. know like nobody gets hurt in sonic and then you like bunk dr robotnik on the head and he's like rrr, 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 like oops but he doesn't die you know like to then be like what if a character was deeply haunted by sins and trauma and had a gun a literal <laughs> gun mm-hmm. huh. extraordinary an extraordinary leap are there any guns the in the movie of- there's a tranquilizer gun in the movie but one of the main characters is a police officer and i don't think we ever see he him does. with a gun yeah or at least he's not like pointing it at Dr. Robotnik or shooting robots out of the sky. I think there is a point at the end where Adam Pally does take out his gun. Oh, yep, 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 yep. To yep, yep, aim, yep. but he like isn't going to use it. Yeah, that seems right, pretty clear. Right. But when the town rallies around Sonic, I think Adam Pally takes out his gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That character's well, not in the book, by the way. A the last sadness. person who should have a gun. Adam Pally's character from Sonic. <laughs> Such a cutie patootie. He's so cute. Hannah Blackman. Yeah. I'm not ending the episode. That'd be crazy. <laughs> We're not done yet at all. We've barely begun. Hannah, how did you feel about this film when you first saw it? The first time I saw it, I was like totally middle of the grounds. Didn't do much for me. I did think me too. Uh, Dr. Robotnik insanely hot. Kind of, kind of, un, kind of criminally. Like you shouldn't make that character as hot as Jim Carrey is doing it. Mm. Uh, however, he is, and I was like, "That's charming and not great." And then I watched it again, and I think post Sonic Two, which I think really crushes the tone and energy of what I want Sonic to be. Oh, when you In when hindsight. you say crushes, you mean like nails, good. not yes, like deflates. nails it like good. Gotcha. Um, I think it's like it's it's finding the rhythm really really nicely. Going back to Sonic 1, I was like, it's here. It's all here, actually. This is silly. (laughs) I'm having a really good time. The jokes are funny. The little guy is cute. Uh, Yeah, everybody is having a good time, and I am too. So yeah, it grew on me upon rewatch after a couple of years. Yeah, Yeah, I felt the same way. I I think uh, the first time I watched it, I had bought a lot of sort of the anti-hype. Like, I remember when the trailers came out and everyone reacted with, oh, Sonic gets sucked into our world is the least inspired take on a video game, which I agree with. That being said, when I rewatched it, I was thinking, this is a wonderful execution of that uncreative conceit. I mean, every part of it- They're doing a lot of of video game visuals and familiar Sonic stuff in our world, Mm -hmm. which I really admire. It's yes. hard. It's really hard to do. And and even for it to start with the like, yep, that's me. I'm Sonic. <laughs> like even that is like, I don't know. They 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 play the character as this kind of pop culture obsessed 14-year-old who like oh, all fuck he, you. <laughs> who like all he wants to do is be in a movie where at the beginning he gets to go, "Yep, that's me. I'm Sonic." And, You're uh, probably wondering how I got here. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. It's I hate it usually, and I was so charmed by Sonic doing it. It's like the perfect fit for the way that they have like taken the history of this character. I mean, like, yeah, he's this kind of guy. He's a little like stinker. Mm-hmm. He would do the. Yep, I bet you're wondering how I got here, which is also <laughs> how the book begins. Ah, 
Interesting. It's a little different, isn't it? Um, the book says. No, I think it. It's basically like. Um, he had to go fast, hmm. faster than a jet plane, faster than Sonic the speed of sound. Sonic couldn't stop asking himself how he got to this point. Where did this adventure all start? Like, it's not, because totally. it's not, like, from his voiceover point of view, you're not getting, I bet you're wondering how I got here. But it is essentially saying, how did I get here? It's, yes. It, it charmed me. Also, most importantly, the book actually begins with a description of what a novelization is, which is, um, it's on the title page. It's like, Sonic the Hedgehog, the official movie novelization, parentheses. That means it's a book version of everything cool that happened in the movie. <laughs> Which I was like, A++, this book is going to be great. <laughs> so cute. I think that uh, something about this franchise that is challenging to adapt is mm. unlike a Mario, unlike a, you know, if that Bioshock movie ever happens, <laughs> it's very unclear playing a Sonic game what type of a fictional universe we exist in. Just playing mm. a game. Because you'll have Sonic games like Adventure, where it's like, okay, this is a fully invented city, robot, like, we're probably somewhere else in the universe, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but then you'll play the side-scrollers, you'll be like, okay, I'm in Green Hill Zone, which seems to be an alien planet. Now I am in San Francisco. Now I am in a biplane seemingly in a desert that could be known to us. Mushroom it's world. What? Mm -hmm. The mushroom world, the casino level, the toxic sludge level. These are all great places. No, totally. But it's not clear whether we are consistently on planet Earth, whether we're basically never on planet Earth. Uh, I think that this series in particular has a lack of lore or an extremely muddled lore. I mean, I put it to you. What What is the backstory of... Sonic, even within this movie, what is his deal when well, he's a baby? I think the the lore of this movie is very indebted to like a post Sonic Adventures Sonic situation mm. and everything that comes with that. I think the Sega Genesis games. The only thing you need to know about Sonic is that he's a guy who is saving other little animals from Doctor Robotnik who wants to turn them into robots, and that's the central Tension. conflict. Mm. is robot versus don't, not being a robot. And Sonic is chasing down Robotnik to bonk him on the head and stop him from turning people into robots. And then at the end of every level, Robotnik's like, oh, I'll be back. And then he goes off to the next level and you chase him there, you know? <laughs> right. And sometimes you go into liminal spaces to find Chaos Emeralds. And that's just part of the life, you know? That is, that is trippy stuff. Yeah. Whenever the, the, you Sonic get to the one, end of that's the like level, you're on Sonic's... a weird globe and it's moving and it's yeah. doing, that, that's a weird one. <laughs> And there's a, there's, a, there's a real feeling when you get to the end of a level and you've gotten enough stuff to get into a chaos level that Sonic's eyes are rolling back into his head and he's going like, he's, he's staying like having in place. a vision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's correct, right? And then post-Sonic Adventures where they expand to like more characters and like there's a little more lore and there's the little chows and the chaos emeralds are like more of a thing and like Knuckles is has like a whole backstory. Then I think you get to where the movies take us, which is like Sonic is a little hedgehog and he's fast. He's the fastest thing alive. Mm. And that's puts him in danger. And I guess he's raised by owls. I don't really yeah. have that context fully. Uh -huh. <laughs> Can't help you there. When we have Marika on, she can fill us in on the fucking owls. She knows this <laughs> stuff. 
the beginning of this movie is like, okay, so this space hedgehog was mm. raised by owls and Warrior then attacked owls, by yeah. the Knights of Gahul or whatever. Yes, then they're attacked by echidnas who are, you know, like tribal coded, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Masks but and they all. are, yeah. But they're like, they don't like hedgehogs. They have some beef. And so they're coming for Sonic. And the owl is like, Sonic, she dies, right? She straight up dies. She dies she early. Dies. She dies fast. She dies right in front of her poor child Sonic's eyes. <laughs> yeah. She like throws him through a ring to another world, which is Earth. Mm-hmm. I do like the functionality of the rings. That makes sense why you would. I mean, it's like the end of a level. You jump through the ring. You did it. Mm-hmm. And yep. you go to a new place. Like, I like how that's incorporated into the movie very much. They don't overuse it either. Smart. They don't. They don't. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I think, my big takeaway from this watch. Well, one of my one of my takeaways on this watch was like, oh, you guys like really do genuinely save it for like the climax of the movie. And and obviously it's like I lost them. I would need them. Like that's the sort of driving engine at the beginning. But yeah, it's really it's fun. It's a good mechanic. Yeah. Then he's on Earth in the Green Hill Zone, which is cute. Mm-hmm. That's a cute little Montana. Bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he he's just living, baby. He's trying his best as a little guy on his own with mismatched sneakers and no dad. Mm-hmm. It's just an insane amount of ground to cover in the first three minutes of a film. Yeah. Sp- space hedgehog raised by owls get attacked by echidnas. The rings transport you places. He transported to a place. Also, he's in the place he knows he can't reveal himself. He's in hiding. Mm-hmm. We're at minute mm-hmm. two with like 45 seconds. Two minutes, yeah. 45 seconds into the movie. We've got All, all of that is covered in seven pages of the book, which... I don't know if you can tell, Matt, but the the print is pretty fucking big. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I read this in one sitting in an hour in the bathtub. It was great. Um, but we do in the book get a little bit of long claw backstory, which I appreciated. <laughs> yes. So do page tell. seven, super early. Uh, it says. Uh, bu- 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 Crystal clear waterfalls cascaded into endless sandy beaches, and the ground twisted and turned not into hills but wild loops that only he could spring through without falling. And when he ran around them, there was music in the air. Funny. Funny. Look, I don't want to tip my hand too early, but Keel Fegley, pretty good at this. <laughs> I I cannot wait to ask him what he had to work off of. He is a, uh, he is, uh, was already in the Sonic Extended universe. Dope. Uh, so he had written some Sonic comics. Mm. Uh, so he'd at least played around with these characters before. And, and I have a Sonic comic of his that I haven't read yet. But one thing I want to ask him about is I, he had to basically reset his continuity because he's publishing these comics in 2018 uh, that are like... Or, or the one I have, I guess, isn't a comic. It's just an illustrated story. But it's a story from 2018 where it's like Sonic and his good friends Knuckles and Tails fought aliens or something. And then he gets to 2020 and he has to have them all be strangers and they've never heard of each other. And um, Okay. But there was danger there too. She had warned him. Longclaw was the last of her kind, a noble line of warrior owls dedicated to maintaining balance for all living creatures. Outfitted in blades and battle armor, Longclaw's order had fought for years to protect their world. 
a world where the animals of the forest and the fields had evolved to be the dominant species, a world ruled by claw and fang. But by the time Sonic knew her, the old owl was less a radical warrior and more a wise mother. She was the only one who had cared for him after the emergence of his powers. This I find really interesting, too. Yeah. Even in the alien world, he is a special child, which I don't feel is clear in the movie. Mm. Well, he's the fastest thing alive, Andrew. Mm. Yeah, and you I, simply must acknowledge that he is special for that. Like, no one else runs like him. And, and the mm. protective spirit of our friend Longclaw slash Obi-Wan is, like, that kind of thing <laughs> where... I need to protect you. I need to protect you. You can't, you can't, you can't show your special because there's something that's going to get you if you do that, which I think is interesting. I don't think this is as clear as you're making, you two making it out to seem. (laughs) I I, like the, because so much is being thrown at us in the first few minutes of the movie. Oh, that is fair. I am not picking up on even in this alien world, the mm. space hedgehog is weird for this planet. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, wow, everything's so nuts in this place that people go, super fast hedgehog. I mean, I'm a super, you know, I can clean things faster than anybody else, and I'm a rat or whatever. <laughs> I mean, Andrew, we didn't really discuss your relationship to Sonic the Hedgehog, and I'm starting to think you don't have one. What? No, that's... That's that's not true. No, because <laughs> I think it's well established that he is the fastest thing alive. That's his whole deal. I'm I'm aware He's gotta that go Sonic fast. is fast. Jesus He's a Christ. special boy for having to go fast. He, he fast. No, I get that. But like, if He's you're doing a movie shoes, where he is uprooted from his homeland, which mm-hmm. is an alien planet, to Earth, mm-hmm. I just I just didn't get that. Even <laughs> on his homeland, he was like weird. Sure, 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 sure. Special fast boy. I love so Sonic. I have I have played in its entirety Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic Heroes. Uh, I went through a period in high school where I bought something called an FC Twin, which was like an illegal system that could play both n- original Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. And I just like ran through all the side-scrolling bullshit I could find, and I think it was rigged. I guess because I remember playing Sonic on it. Mm. I think uh, I, I I did a bunch of like those original Sonics where he just looks like a little blue cube. But he's I a little guy. He's got a little body and a little head and little legs. Come on, mm. man. He gets round. I maintain that yeah. these games, yeah. even though I've played a bunch of them, and <laughs> and I used to play the original Sonic the Hedgehog on a Wii port. Um, but I would play it without saves. I would play it like it was an arcade game where like I'd be stressing the heck out about the lives. Um, I maintain that it makes sense that I put hundreds of hours into Sonic and don't have a good grasp on his world because these games are not narratively driven. Not at all. Not at all. That's correct. They're goal driven. Get to the end of the level. Bonk a guy on the head. Save right. a bunch of animals by pushing a button. So I, but I just think it makes sense that I would play so much of these games and not understand that he, you know, is a universally known freak. <laughs> no, that's fair. I think that's. I think he is a special boy, right? He runs really fast. But also, like, there, there is like in the first seven minutes of the movie, Longclaw is like, someone could have seen you. You're in danger, and then has this because it is a kids' movie, a very explicit moment where she says to him basically like. 
you have a special gift. And if anybody Listen sees carefully, you using Sonic, your she gift. She coughed as she limped to his side. You have a power <laughs> unlike anything I've ever seen. Yep. And that means someone will always want it. The yes. only way to stay safe is to stay hidden. And you'll have to do it without me. Exactly. Mm. Very explicitly that is stated. So like, I don't know. I mean, you can have my bottom dollar <laughs> if that entire paragraph is in the movie. I, I think it is. I Well, I guess my bottom dollar's in jeopardy. Pretty close. I'll take your dollar, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure she says explicitly at least 80% of that in the movie. Mm. Mm. But he's a special boy and he's in danger because he's so special. So she sends him away to hide. Right. On Earth. And then he's he hides for about I think it's I think they say like twenty years in um, <laughs> I'll kill you Green Hills Montana I'll bonk you on the head. Something I really like in the book is that they they tell us a lot about how he's screwing with the locals, mm-hmm. which was a fun little embellishment. So on thirty it says um, ba 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 ba. He'd been here on Earth for so long now. The thought of warping to a stinky mushroom planet seemed insane. We'll talk about the mushroom planet. He was lonely here, sure, but he was hardly alone. At least there were still people all around him whose lives were like a movie he could control. Sonic was a living fast-forward button. Take old crazy Carl, prowling his property every night and snapping bear traps open to catch the alien life form he knew was just out of reach. That guy was a riot. Whoosh. Sonic would blow like a gust of wind behind him and set off every trap in sight. Kashink, kashink, they'd snap off like popcorn. I know you're here, Carl would howl and stomp around wildly. wildly. I know you're real. No, I'm not, Sonic would call back as he blasted into the hillside. Such good times they had. Uh, <laughs> such involved uh, 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 gaslighting. Sonic is the king of parasocial relationships. He's so excited about his family. None of them know he even exists. I do have one bookmark in here that essentially says that, Matt, where I was like, I think it's in the the psychiatry scene, which is Mm. a little extended in the book. Oh, yeah. Uh, And he, he literally says... You don't, or uh, people don't need to know about you for them to be your best friends. And I was like, podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Um, it is, it is fun. I think in the movie to watch him, like, I don't know, have that that initial naivete at the beginning where he truly believes that he's living his best life. And I think it's smart for the big turning point to be like the crushing realization that it's all that it's all bullshit he doesn't have a baseball team he can play every position somehow and <laughs> which is a great scene by the way uh he can do it all except for like high five another corporeal creature and um makes you feel for him yeah he's a lonely little fella <laughs> okay here's another joke i pre-wrote for the episode <laughs> Hey, who do you guys think would win, Sonic or the Cullens from Twilight? (laughs) (laughs) Sonic. 
he can run the bases better than them, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah that's, it helps. That yeah. would help for sure. And this is weird. I think I remember them running like in slow motion, weirdly. Like they're running, they're they're running fast, but they're running in slow motion. So in my mind, I'm like, no, no you can't, you can't touch, you can't touch Sonic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, he's a smaller target for kidding out because totally. he's a little guy. Also, they can't drink his so, blood. You know, yeah. he's good. Also, there's no wait. Actually, they might drink his blood. Yeah, what That's would happen? The whole then? thing, right? Is they take animals instead. Oh my god! Yeah, but he's like an alien, you know. No, dude, they're mm. gonna get they're gonna get fucked up. They're gonna go crazy. And he's a little guy. He doesn't have you much know? of it. He doesn't. He really doesn't have much of <laughs> he, it. He doesn't have much blood. He speaks. You know. That's a that's a main sticking point when everyone's like, "What is he? An animal?" And they're like, "Well, he talks." And they're like, "Oh, so <laughs> what?" <laughs> I also yeah, think it's plus, funny when he's like, "I'm a hedgehog, duh," and I'm like, "Have you ever seen a?" An Earth and it's hedgehog? like that was not a duh reaction, my friend. <laughs> you need to watch more Planet Earth. Yeah, maybe. I do think what what I found very interesting about this little book is there's so much in that movie that feels like improvised on the day, you know. Mm-hmm riffs and jokes are like improvised in the booth if you are ben schwartz um jim carrey obviously is doing a lot and like none of that is in the book of course but then once in a while you get a sequence you're like oh they wrote that bit and it is part of the the gag here mm-hmm. um let me which see. one i feel like of? that th- i feel like there's one in like the first scene where Dr. Robotnik shows up at Tom's house and they have a little banter back and forth like on the porch or whatever mm-hmm. um, which feels to me like gag and I think is written like the oh I'm from the phone company oh you're from the phone company do you know my friend yes of course well you don't because my friend works for the gas company you right. know like that which feels like pretty loosey goosey is in the book <laughs> yeah and then other things where I was like, well, that seems sort of written not in the book. I, I, I believed that that was part of the script because it's, <laughs> it's one of those, when, when characters are tricking each other, mm. that, that feels plotty to me. Whereas like jokes, that's more in the moment, right? Uh, I guess so. The, the uh, meow when the Tom catches Sonic <laughs> in his garage, th- I thought was probably vaguely improvised or something, yeah. but it's here too. Uh, meow. That's a uh, total meow. trailer moment too. You know, gotta put that in the trailer. <laughs> and I remember it from the trailer Does in both he... versions. Okay, so I think, yeah, this movie is very gag forward because uh, of the performers, because it's a kid's movie. Um, does he run with the turtle in the book? Is that one no. of his? Is that, that's not, cause that's like purely visual. Cause yeah, my big questions were like those purely visual gags running with the turtle and like, how does the book work without Jim Carrey? Like, that's my biggest question because he is such a in your face, visual, physical performer. Can you write the size of that? Can you write the size of his character? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I think the answer is that Keel does not try. Because mm-hmm. um, he's still got a lot going for him in terms of the the oh. the bullying Ouroboro kind of thing and like the the mirroring of loneliness, but his solution was to be an asshole and be very smart and build robots to be his friends instead of finding real ones. Mm. There's some really good Robotnik interiority in this book. It, as far as a junior Ooh. goes, this this thing totally sings. Uh-huh. I mean, no, I it's liked got, it. 
got these little uh, quips that aren't in the movie, and then uh, I'll, I'll get to the Robotnik thing in a second. Going from the baseball scene, where uh, he has an existential crisis that kicks off the plot of the movie, uh, it's very funny to me. First of all, that the U.S. government calls in a like a, a rogue cowboy contractor for like a loose cannon for a mass power outage. I thought that was very funny. And have then, no I choice. Really like in the movie, there's that scene with all the government guys, and they're like, "You're not going to call in Robotnik," and the one guy's like, "We are going to call in Robotnik," sure. and one of them's like, "That guy's a Looney Tunes trash fire." <laughs> like, yeah, there's some well, like off-screen line that's so funny. Hannah, that whole sequence is so funny to me because first off just the idea i i think this is a slam dunk the, on the part of the whoever cut the to the pentagon is like <laughs> such a laugh out loud moment in this movie to for, me. for a number of reasons as i said like yeah, uh, for the reason that why is this even going to the pentagon to begin with it's a power <laughs> outage uh then it knocked out a satellite that's is why they do say it's the <laughs> entire Pacific Northwest, which is some some <laughs> real Andrew, some real teenage angst. By the way, mm. you think a twenty two year old could do that with his emotions? I don't think so. But you this know. is all just building up to like I definitely am am guarding this he's twenty two idea because <laughs> I was only as developed mentally as a fourteen year old at twenty two. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to be like, that's how 22-year-olds act. <laughs> <laughs> the problem here is I really sympathize with that. I really agree with that. <laughs> yeah, this isn't even a joke. That was an incredibly tough year. Okay, so, yeah, it, the, the cut to the Pentagon is so funny for a few reasons. I think that they do an amazing job of contextualizing Eggman, Robotnik, in the Sonic universe in this movie. Because, as I've said, completely absence of absent of narrative, these games are like, there's a hedgehog, he goes so unbelievably fast. There's a robot man, and he sends robots at you, and you're like, what does any of this mean? The idea that he is almost what, like, the, like, Elon Musks of the world wish they were, mm. which is, like, he is a guy who is so irrationally insane and famous for it however such a good inventor so unbelievably undeniably talented that the u.s government time and time again has to go like oh god i think we have to call the drones guy i know i know but i think we have to those drones are unbelievably good though yes Oh yeah. Yes, yeah. he's like an unqualified genius. Well, our version yeah. of this is like the Pentag- the, the, the US government being like, "Damn it, we have to subpoena them again." Like, you know, <laughs> they're not calling them when there's a power outage cuz they know that hey, it's not going to help. It's not gonna, it's it's not going to help <laughs> at all. Yeah. Also, when we cut to the Pentagon, for any of us who enjoy science fiction, it's just this this row of actors. Oh, okay. It's the Russian general from Stargate SG-1, Colonel Ty from Battlestar Galactica, uh, a woman... What What was her name? Uh, a woman named Elfina Luke, who has not been in anything that I've ever seen, but just <laughs> has the exact acting style of the sci-fi original movie. And then from there, <laughs> we cut to... Uh, what's his name? McDonough in The Field. Mm-hmm. As the as the general that Robotnik dresses down, it's this thirty seconds of the movie where I'm going, ah! and him, and her, and him. 
uh, yeah, like good actors who are good at saying lines that are goof goofy, but as seriously as they can. Mm-hmm. Being allowed to be five percent goofy, mm-hmm. very fun. Mm-hmm. Walking the line really nicely. But flip side, massively depressing. If you, I mean, I don't feel any special way about the guy that played the general on SG One, but like if you really liked uh michael what's his name on battlestar galactica or if you love neil mcdonough for a a million different things he's done (laughs) it it would be horrible 10 years ago for someone to show me this movie and be like in the future neil mcdonough is only famous enough that jim carrey won't let him talk in a scene Mm -hmm. that's sad these guys are it's bizarre that that's neil mcdonough a very famous recognizable guy in like yeah. one scene of this I kept movie. expecting it's really him to come back around. You know? Quite surprising. I think he's in two as well. Right? I think so, from what I remember. Yeah. I don't my character recall. returns. My favorite thing uh, that McDonough's ever done, he's not even in the scene, but the scene in Justified where he has already come around and terrified or like terrorized someone, and Raylan's like, what, what did this guy look like? <laughs> and the woman goes, uh, husky. And and he, it, Raylan's like, so he's like a big, heavy guy? And she goes, no, he looked like a husky. <laughs> it's a good descriptor of him. It's a good justified <laughs> line. A striking looking guy. Um, so I justified is so good. I want to hear... Oh my God, it really is. Uh, I want to hear more about the robotic interiority in the mm. book, because yeah, I think this. even in the movie, as, as broad as it is, it is an interesting take for that character where like for him to to be so focused on accomplishments and so focused on intelligence but also to your elon musk point like to have the receipts as well like yes those are really impressive drones that he's been able to build and you know going to the end of the movie like the the glee with which he's not just excited for the challenge of getting off of this mushroom world. Like he's excited for the bragging rights of getting off of this mushroom world. Mm -hmm. Like for his whole reaction to being bullied is like, fuck you. I need nobody except for my guy who makes my delicious lattes (laughs) who I love. (laughs) But like that drive, I want to know if there's any more to it. I just to be kind of defensive. I, I want to say I'm not just invoking Elon Musk here because he's constantly in the news these days and forever. I I think it's uh, applicable specifically in the case of the 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 Thai cave flooding. Oh, where like that's exactly he wanted where my, where my to be the went. guy where they were like, oh, he's so annoying, but he has the tech. He knows we how to take to the top in. off the mountain. He knows how to. D- he has the technology. Exactly. <laughs> Here's the Robotnik thing. Uh, Start of a chapter, and the first line's just such a banger. The only thing between Robotnik and a perfectly automated world was the U.S. Constitution. (laughs) I really, this book makes it so clear that Robotnik's end goal is to turn everything in the world into robots, which is canonically his video game goal. Absolutely. In a way that I don't feel like the movie is really doing, but this book is doing it. And I loved it. That'll be Sonic 7. He'll finally make that loud and clear. (laughs) But it is, it is, yeah, in the video games for him to take like, not just cute woodland creatures, the cutest woodland creatures of oh, all time, so and be like, "But I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you drive my war machine." Fuck you. It's yeah. <laughs> this this feels like a masterstroke of hiring. This uh, getting Fegley for this because it definitely 
seems as though he has affection for these characters already, even though the work he has done with them is essentially Mm non-canonical. And so he's having fun weaving these things in, as you're saying. And now, like, I imagine that, that because of the movie... Like the book gets to be much voicier, much more like uh, irreverent than one of his comic books, I would imagine. Like for this to be able to have, I don't know, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more juice to it. I think it's cool. Sure. Since he's actually coming on, I should clarify. I really shouldn't have said comic book. I don't think they're comics. Mm-hmm. I messed up. But he's written about these characters a lot. This goes on to say, uh, if he could shred the blasted thing in the name of order, that being the U.S. Constitution. He would. But as it stood, he legally couldn't stride into any private domicile in search of the creature. So he had to outthink this simple country policeman. And then we get the whole, um, the whole, you know, you do, you know, my friend Seth thing. Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, he works for the gas company. But I love that. It's just like, it cuts right to like, he really believes that everything should just bow to his genius. Mm Mm-hmm. He's got the receipts, though. That's he does the have the receipts. That's kind of what makes the character so interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's the best. Um, really compelling. <laughs> this, uh, Andrew, as I remember in our previous discussions about Sonic the Hedgehog, your favorite gag in this movie is the running Olive Garden gag. <laughs> is that correct? I never said that. I think really? you're mixing me up with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I no. wonder who that is. Then my favorite joke, the the joke I think of all the time, is from Sonic Two, and I will be withholding it, and I'll 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 call it out when we cover that movie. Do you have a favorite I from know this now. movie? Is there a is there an overview pick for jokes in the first? God, what made me laugh? I don't know. Certain things made me laugh. It's just laugh. charming. It is charming. It, I laugh really a lot at like Adam Pally, who is just like playing it really sweet. And really scared. And I think oh, yeah. that he's very funny at that. Um, I really laugh. There's a, there's a line in the scene we were just talking about, which is not in the book, where Robotnik says something to Tom like, you'll be sorry your mother ever fed you formula. And Tom's like, I was breastfed. <laughs> and Robotnik's response is like, way to rub it in my orphan face. <laughs> that was my, so that was my funny. <laughs> It's so funny. That was absolutely my pick. It's such a funny joke. Jim Carrey, like for this to be his, I I don't know where he's at in his career, his end of career, his middle of career, his like return. It feels like a comeback. It feels like a comeback. He doesn't make a lot of movies. And for him to be like, all right, this is going to be my franchise. Uh for someone who is like, yeah, disconnected and, and 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 very vocally politically active, for him to be like, but the Sonic the Hedgehog movies, I get to play <laughs> this guy, I get to like do the whole. I'm not gonna say he's doing it because he's riffing on Elon Musk or anything like that, but like, uh, he gets to have fun. He gets to have fun. He gets to riff. He gets his own dance sequence. Uh, yeah, because I think yeah, his best jokes are the rub that in my orphan face joke, and then the, <laughs> the, the joke about the latte where he's like the latte. Course, I was gonna say that he's like the latte course, joke is so good. Andrew, take it, it, it. What's the joke? It's so good. Well, the joke is just and and it is it is reminiscent of Mugatu from Zulay, <laughs> but, but the joke is that he is he 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 is a rage man. He is so quick to anger, and he goes into his like rage state when. Stone interrupts, I think, his dance sequence or something, and uh, it keeps up the um, the mannerisms of rage as he uh, expresses extreme gratitude for receiving the latte. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 
yeah. it's it's perfect. Okay, I'll just give it away. My favorite joke for Jim Carrey is the second movie when Stone says something and Jim Carrey goes, "Thank you, sycophant. Your adoration <laughs> is inevitable." <laughs> That's a really good one. That's like. Jim Carrey is so funny, and I feel He's like maybe so we as a society funny. forgot that he is so unbelievably yeah. funny. <laughs> and he can say almost anything, do whatever, and it's fucking hilarious. Like, there's there's, there's a moment, I think it's in that latte moment with Stone, where Spoch is like, yes, I would like one of those, they are delicious, and you make them so well. That's the line. And he know. also puts his hand into that guy's mouth. <laughs> I like, didn't. What? He there's a point where he like goes to stop him from saying something and just puts like fingers in that guy's mouth. <laughs> and so it's good. just like a choice that's so funny. Well, okay, so uh in, in my mind I do associate this as like a nephew movie, which is a powerful kind of kind of uh cultural object for me, and it's been fun to watch them. I think they watched this and this was their gateway to Jim Carrey and so now mm. they're watching Ace Ventura and now they're watching <laughs> The Mask and stuff like that and Jim Carrey was like never my thing because like the the unhinged cringe comedy especially when I was younger like it just made me uncomfortable and and mm-hmm. and while that's intentional it never like circled around into humor it just like stayed in discomfort for me and so I think to watch him like be this this gateway kind of character in this movie like there's so much going on and Andrew everything you were talking about about like the beginning of the movie how insane the mythology is and stuff like that like he could have gone bigger he could have gone bigger in the movie he could have done more and I love that he just found this really good rhythm to just like get his little improv moments especially with the first time director by the way and he like Mm. you know deferred that sort of like comedic ego a little bit to be like cool I like know kind of how to run this and it's really, really fun for performance. So good. It's so-, it's so good that I do think that if Jim Carrey is serious about retiring from acting, which he is at least saying, and people mm-hmm. say that shit all the time, so it means almost nothing. But if he's serious about it, I think they basically have to stop the franchise. Oh, like, I, I don't think it works without him. No. No, 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 no. I mean, I think what they would end up doing is going, they would go animated, you know? They'd have to go animated. Yeah, it's a fully animated yeah, they'd movie. they'd have to go animated no where people. it's like, who can do the best Jim Carrey voice and will handle the mannerisms, you know? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like if they ever, because like in this movie, he looks like a human man, right? Yeah. <laughs> which is another yeah. fun like, little bit of withholding. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, like he has a mustache, but it's not the big crazy one. And he's not like a big round man. Like he well, is a is hot Jim Carrey. It, they did not. He is very hot. Have a you keep saying that. So it's so hot. true. Like, I'm so, I don't mean to harp, but like, <laughs> and Jim Carrey has always been very handsome. Like he's a really pretty man. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I don't know. He like stopped making movies. I lost track of him. He showed up in the trailer for Sonic Adventures. And I was like, oh, wooga, oh, wooga. <laughs> like, ooh, la, la, where have you been? <laughs> you know, I don't know. And like, woo, I woo. do think, Hannah, that. Uh, woof, woof, bark, bark. <laughs> where I was going with this is that in this movie, he looks like a human man. In two, he's like bald and he's wearing the big goggles almost the entire movie and he has the giant mustache and it's like much more, they're like getting there. Yes. And so if in a movie three or four, if Jim Carrey's like, I don't want to do physical acting anymore, 
And they literally like are like, now we will animate a big round man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, well, I feel like we got there organically. Yeah. You know? I, I think it's an going. interesting, like, they don't need to make him bark, a bark, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear Stop that. Stop barking at the nice <laughs> robotic <Hannah. laughs> I, I think that it's interesting. They, like, didn't need to make him from planet Earth because he has no backstory that we know of, right? And you, I, I even assumed going into Sonic, the movie, that they would be like, the Robotnik is Sonic's enemy from wherever he comes from, and he's followed him to Earth. Mm -hmm. So I think if you go the, he's a guy that the military contracts out to, reluctantly, <laughs> then, <laughs> then you need to make him seem chill-ish a little, like like they'd even hire him. Yeah. No, I'm glad. No, I, 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 as Matt was saying, I think it is perfectly walking the line, a perfectly tempered performance of a guy who you're like, I guess if he is affecting coups in the Middle East in countries that don't exist, that's he gets the job. Done. I could believe that this guy is someone you hire, even though he's a trash fire or uh, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, I buy it. I like it. I think it's really fun. The first like chunk of story where they're like, "Is this a terrorist attack?" Which feels like really heavy for a kids movie okay and when they dip into this isn't terrorism it's aliens it's like funny and interesting wait and the part where adam pally is like i don't think tom's capable of making a bomb <laughs> <laughs> it's actively funny like that dip into reality is like well, very funny like uh, uh some of the jokes some of like the time it takes to like have some background jokes in this way like when when they're getting in the elevator and sonic is in the bag and like the nice people next to them are like yeah. Do you have You're a child in that bag? It's like I'm not going to say that I don't know. This is this is a movie with like a number of QAnon jokes or something like that, but there was a few <laughs> moments I didn't write enough of them down to actually talk about them, but there was a few moments where I was like this is kind of like making jokes. I mean for for I don't know for the for the grown-ups is a weird way to say it, but it's like there's some really interesting really weird kind of cultural topical jokes that aren't just like based around pop culture in a you're my obi-wan kind of way but yeah it's it's very funny yeah there's definitely throwaway jokes that are for adults because they are like off-puttingly strange mm -hmm. and then they move on too quickly for a child to be like what did that mean <laughs> <laughs> and it's good it's good I like it. I appreciate it. It's fun one, for me. One of the good up. jokes for me is that the sister-in-law hates him so much and like there's no foundation for that at all. He seems so nice. He seems so sweet. Like it, she hates him. She's like divorce him. <laughs> Not even. Sister-in-law also excised from the book. Yes. Oh, no way. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was surprising to me that like the moment where the niece gives Sonic his sneakers is not in the book. Hmm. I would have Which guessed like a big moment. Yeah, and I would have guessed that that's a hard performance to play with a kid actor and a tennis ball on a pole. But <laughs> in the book, you could do some really interesting stuff with that, where the two teenage characters, Andrew, where the two teenage characters actually get to like you know, actually get to like have a conversation that you can sell and like mm -hmm. have this moment where they talk about friends and community and being good, all that stuff. It's such a sweet moment in the movie mm -hmm. where Sonic's like, I've never gotten a gift before. Mm -hmm. That's so sweet. Um, that For, for the, like, the emotional arc, I, I would have liked it in the book, but it's not there. Hmm. I think this book's alchemy is pretty amazing. It oh, yeah. is so short. It is so short. And so the short. second book is... Double the length? 
It looks double the length. I mean, it looks it really is. thick. Is that true? Compared to this. Because I did receive the second book and uh, that's the one where I was like, this is the tiniest book I've ever held in my hand. Like, <laughs> this is the how big the first one is. Wow. The, one of the reasons that I liked how short this book was uh, was because like I, I assumed that that was required or something. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to lift stuff out, yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? That's a miracle. It's like twice as long. But there's a lot of stuff to get through in Sonic 2. Mm-hmm. Neither of these have pictures in the middle, though, which is sad. No. But the covers rule. It oh, must yeah, be yeah, hell yeah. These smoke. Are you kidding? <laughs> these are some of the best covers we have ever seen. They yeah. absolutely slap. For them to be like yeah. new yeah. things, too. It's not just posting, taking the movie poster and putting totally. it on the cover of the book. Yeah. I have a big gripe with the way Sonic is handled in this film series. Sonic, the video games, they're factually about a hedgehog that goes real fast. And I recognize that. I do get that. However, the experience of playing a video game, a Sonic video game, is not that you are in utter control. It is not that you have sped up so much that like Quicksilver, the X-Man, your entire reality is like sort of bowing to you and you're able to go around and do whatever before time sets back in the experience of playing sonic is that you start to go really fast and you're like this feels a little too fast and then you hit a booster and you're like oh shit oh fuck oh my god i'm hurt i'm drowning how do i get how did i get here oh no i'm suddenly i hit a thing that sends me backwards now i'm running to the left of the screen like it 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 is a loss of control to play a Sonic video game, and it does not feel great to me that the movies are just like, he is Quicksilver. He is essentially a time god. Yeah, well, I didn't think about that in relation to the video game, but I obviously thought a lot about this this random, you know, uh, the latest decade we've had where one of one of like the foundational set pieces for all of these big movies is like fast character run fast and the world stops mm. and they get to manipulate it. Like it's been the flash. It's been Quicksilver. It's been the, what, what did the bots give it in the Oscar ceremony? The most satisfying movie moment of the year last year or something like that. Like, <laughs> like this has become like a standard for these kind of movies. And again, I think because of the tone of this movie, because of, of how gleefully tongue in cheek it is, it actually manages to do it in a way where it's like the most exaggerated biker bar of all time and he's giving them wedgies or it, you know, starts out and he's fighting the missiles with a smirk, but then it fails. But like, yeah, it. I almost wonder if it's like, well, it's a fast character. We've had a couple of iterations of fast character stopping time like this. It's just another way to kind of riff on like the, the, mm-hmm. he, uh, yep, that's me kind of opening of the movie, you know? But mm-hmm. yeah, I did kind of think about it in relation to all these other instances we've had of that in the last couple of years. I like that point, Matt, and I think it is correct. And I think it is correct that like the movie does only use it twice, once very irreverently. Mm-hmm where he's like a little kid causing trouble. Oh yeah, when they did it irreverently, I was like, can they do this? <laughs> <laughs> and, but then the one at the end is not successful, uh-huh. as you say, that like Robotnik catches up with him yeah. because he's technologically built something as fast as Sonic. And I think like that's good for me, actually. Like he's not doing it the whole time in the movie. This is the argument I make about Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. <laughs> 
Sherlock Holmes 2. <laughs> the first movie, right, has all that stuff where Sherlock Holmes, like, constantly is like, hmm, and he, like, thinks ahead and, like, works out the problem and then does it really fast and it's, like, cool or whatever. Right. And the first movie, like, does too much of that. The, f- the second movie, very smartly, does it once successfully. The second time he tries to do it, it doesn't work out and he gets, like, punched in the face. And then the movie doesn't do it at all until the very, very end when he and Moriarty do it together, basically. Mm. And I'm like, smart, good, perfect. <laughs> it understands that it was annoying and you can't do too much of it. Yeah. You can use it strategically to illustrate a point, mm-hmm. which I think is what Sonic is doing. Mm. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog is doing. God, the more we talk about this movie, the more we talk about this movie, the more I love it. The better it gets. <laughs> yeah, I did like it so much more on rewatch. And I, I think, too. I, I, I don't know what it was the first time, why I was being such a wet blanket. Um, I think I didn't know what I was walking into the first time, and I didn't know what footing to be on. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was like, is this supposed to be like a really funny comedy? Is this like a really cutesy kids movie? Is it some dark, gritty version of Sonic? And I like <laughs> didn't know what I was walking into. And so I was like nervous to like it. Uh-huh. And knowing what it is now... Like, I think by the time the movie ended the first time and you have that, like, side-scroller version of the whole movie where you're in, like, that, like, Sega Genesis visual. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this rocks. I'm very charmed by this. Mm-hmm. It's won me over. Having that attitude for the whole movie, I was just like, I love this. It's so fun and delightful and light. And, like, ah, my best friend Sonic. <laughs> my little son. James Marsden, who deserves so much better yes. than the world has given him. No, we. I was just about to say this, Hannah, which is we, we haven't talked about him at all. And these are my thoughts, not the thoughts of the podcast, but ACAB includes Donut Lord. Um. <laughs> Alas, it must. But we get, I think we should give him credit for not joining an urban police force that would be actively oppressive to his community oh, and staying yeah. in his small town that genuinely he is a community service member. Mm. I thought it was funny that his wife slash girlfriend slash whatever. Wife. They're married. Okay. I thought it was funny that she was like, Oh my God! Your dream of being in a, on an urban police force, and I was like, he might die. <laughs> he might. Well, he wants the he wants to really be needed, and the his arc in the movie is coming to understand that his town does really need him. Yeah, I... like it doesn't all have to be life and death. Like they need him as much as he feels like he would be needed on an urban police force, totally, which is not true. Totally, because like you know. Uh, every instance of him being of service in, in, in the community in this book is like an animal stole a food item. The animal is giving birth. You befriended this animal. Your wife's a veterinarian. Like it's all more, I think a piece of the game in terms of like, we're, we're saving woodland creatures and stuff, but it is like, oh yeah, you can actually be of service in this way. Uh, Mm -hmm. there's not even people speeding right now at all. There's no one on this road. Like, it's just about you being someone that someone can call you know that's it that's what life is that scene where sonic says to him like you don't even know how good you got it like everybody loves you and they really come to you Mm -hmm. and he's like they could call anybody they don't call anybody they call you they trust you to solve the problem andrew maybe sonic (sighs) is 22 years old because he's got a lot of emotional (laughs) intelligence in that scene because thinking about it at first like it kind of annoyed me episode maybe sonic is 22 (laughs) maybe you gotta keep the maybe (laughs) (laughs) dot 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 sonic is 22 (laughs) put it on the put it on the poster Um, it is the photo it's the only time a quote is the photo (laughs) (laughs) because in the movie like when when Sonic realizes that that Donut Lord is leaving town, like he 
he gets pissed off. And I think in the movie, this is one of like the the weaker scenes in the movie is how much he overreacts, even though he does. Yes, thank you. After the thank fact. you. I was gonna jump in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he he genuinely is like, "How dare you? I'm never talking to you again." Like, fuck you. And I'm like, dude, I know. Again, parasocial relationships. Beside, like, you don't know this man. He made decisions. It felt very extreme. And so, uh, yeah. Now that I'm like, oh, maybe he just. I love what you both were saying about like him having that like awareness of how much Donut Lord is a part of this community and a and a important part of this community. So again, maybe he's twenty two he years see old it from the outside because mm-hmm. he's like a weird little loner who lives in a cave. In a way that Tom, who's like doing it every day, has lost the the perspective mm-hmm. to see how important he is to these people in his life. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of an overreaction in the book and in the movie. He goes so hard on Donut Lord for wanting to move away from the town. It's so weird. They, like, just met. I find it really odd. Mm-hmm. Sonic loves him. Mm. He sees Tom as his best friend before they have ever spoken. They're, they and wh- sees how much he means to the community. And Sonic feels like he is part of that community. And he would do anything to really be part of the community. And so for Tom to be like, I don't need that community. Sonic is like hurt. Very, very hurt by that. And mm. he's 14. So he has strong emotions <laughs> that he doesn't always handle appropriately because he's a child. <laughs> mm. Mm. All right, Andrew. Sorry, I'm on, I'm on team 14-year-old again. Is he emotionally sensitive and smart? Yes. Right. Sure. Well, as but we've he's seen, still he goes, a young he goes, person. He goes to therapy. It makes sense. <laughs> Good point. Anything else? Good for hit. Sonic looking at himself and going, "I would benefit from therapy. <laughs> I'm going to do it." God bless him. Um, yeah. Other things that I wanted to flag from again the movie, <laughs> which I'm liking more and more every second. Uh, I think the insane car culture motocross rally that they randomly find themselves next to because that's where the only payphone in the state is i think that's really fun and exaggerated and irreverent in a fun way um i was just happy to happy to be there happy to hang out with these folks for a little while in the book there is a moment in that like bar scene or whatever where sonic is like do you know Tom is trying to like be like calm down be a normal kid or whatever and Sonic's like no let's have a good time and the second we where Tom is like I am having a good time though this is really fun <laughs> yeah. it's like helping him come out of his shell a little too and he's like enjoying the company there's a line the, where it's like play of it it uh it went a little too far when Sonic uh wanted to roll up into a ball and have Donut Lord shoot him into the basket and then the next line is something like but Donut Lord did sort of enjoy it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's definitely like affectionate and sweet um they they like run out of the bar and sonic let's see hold on uh, hold on it's on page 81 tom says okay but from here on out we're going straight to san fran no more legally dubious pit stops um tor- tom tore down the road and tried to keep in mind that his dream job was on the other end of this trip he couldn't mess this up oh you loved it in there donut lord Maybe Tom did a little. <laughs> Maybe he'd been looking for an opportunity to go wild after years bottled up in Green Hills. Which is like, it's nice that they like, they help, you know, they make, they help each other grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's his little buddy. It is really nice. <laughs> and then they 
make him a bedroom in their attic. He gets his own room. He doesn't have to sleep in the cave. And they found his bean bag. (laughs) Yeah. I like that um, at the end of this book, they give us this chapter about sort of how Sonic has become a citizen of the town, which is really (laughs) nice. Um, Great mascot. Really great Sonic mascot. It was a rush, a thrill, a rocket ride to the other side and back again, and it wasn't going anywhere. Sonic sped through the streets of Green Hills. It was broad daylight, and he could stop any time he wanted. He spun through the drive through of the Burger Princess whenever he wanted a free double-decker with cheese. He posted up to Crazy Carl's whenever he needed to borrow something, not a bear trap in sight. He had regular movie nights with a certain young lady. Totally casual, mind you, because Sonic's 22 and he's, like, out there dating and stuff. He's 14, and so they are at most holding hands. Nope, he is, uh... I don't know, Hannah, he did... He was admitted to the bar. I think they carded him, and I think that his driver's license said that he was 22. He was in disguise. He was wearing a cowboy hat, therefore. (laughs) (laughs) And most of all, he could pop into his best friend's house whenever he wanted. It felt strange still, all these weeks later, to be seen, to be known to be accepted by these people that he had watched from the outside for years. But it was good. He didn't have to hide who he was, and even when his speed got out of control and broke something in town, the local gym had stocked up on treadmill insurance. Sonic was never afraid of driving anyone away. He's loved. It's nice. Mm -hmm. It's nice that the town embraces him. I like that the arc of this movie is everyone being like, Sonic is our best friend, and the arc of the next movie is Sonic is our family. Yeah. Sonic is my son, actually. Um, it's very sweet. Yeah. It's so sweet. Because I think, you know, for this to be a kid's movie and for kid's movies to always have to have a sense of moral, a sense of message to them, I, I do think that, you know, it's not just that in that cliche way, we're, we're going to do the version of the movie where Sonic comes to our reality, Sonic comes to our universe, all that kind of stuff. Like they go much deeper than that. And they're like, right, but he's a, an alien. Like there's jokes about getting probed in this movie and, and (laughs) for so much of the movie to be about these two people, here's this little hedgehog. He loves family, wants family, finds family And then there is Robotnik who like is allergic to that kind of human connection. It's like, uh, again, it's a kid's movie and, and I, I like it a lot. It's not the greatest movie of all time, of course, but like they do so much interesting stuff in relation to like how they factor in these messages and how they actually find a way to be like, look, kids like find your people find your community this is a community people will love you like be yourself you can be a weird little blue hedgehog and still have friends mm-hmm. and loved ones you still get your Being own different bedroom doesn't like, make fine. isn't anything wrong yeah you don't have to hide because you're different it's really nice it's a really nice movie it's nice i'd like to flag one major change from Go. book to movie i yeah. i would i would like to request that you flag as many All as you think are interesting yeah please <laughs> i mean most of it is excisions right it's streamlined it's like you're losing characters and scenes and beats and jokes and that sort of thing just to make it cleaner and and crisper but at the very very end after everything is done and Robotnik has gone to the mushroom planet mm-hmm. and the government agent shows up at Tom's house to be like, what's up with that hedgehog, though? And Tom's like, I don't know. <laughs> In the movie, 
right? It is like a, it is like Mr. Pentagon who hands them an Olive Garden gift card, <laughs> right? For which is very funny. Fifty dollars, but not it's like so a funny dinner. That I stated it as my favorite thing. I don't. I could. Somebody I know thinks that's the funniest thing <laughs> is the running Olive Garden product placement. Oh, I gag. meant to say I got I got derailed on him being uh, you know on on the A cab stuff, but I you know Marsden's so funny in this. Oh, he's delightful. Always, he's so always. He deserves the world, and we've let him down as a society. Oh yeah, this is his like this is his real enchanted sequel. I think just really getting to like live in this silly, silly, silly fantasy world. Oh yeah. Oh, he's the best. He's the best. He's so the what's best. the change, the my friend? So the change is, right? In the movie, it is Mr. Government Man, Mr. Pentagon. In the book, it is Dr. Robotnik's little buddy, Agent Stone. Yeah. Who hands over basically like a high-powered radio. Yeah. And says, like, if you ever see Sonic again, you give us a ring, huh? And Tom's like, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, but it's like, it, it's, a, it's a change. It's a difference well, the- that is a little more sinister. And a little bit more like, what are we doing? What's what are the we change doing is also s- strange because later in that chapter, mm-hmm. Sonic is like, "Oh, will we? You know, will we have other adventures or whatnot?" And 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 Marsden's like, "I mean, we'll be getting adventures. I'm sure some of them will come in through this thing." And he like points to the radio, and it's like, "But I thought we hated the guy that gave that to you." I was not. I don't know, wasn't watching for this uh, in when I rewatched the movie, but I'm not sure if Tom and Agent Stone ever meet each other in the context of Robotnik gotcha. in the first movie. So I think it is realistic within the book to say, like, this is just a government guy. Uh-huh. Mm. And Tom feels like he's done a good job handling a government situation. And right. also this Blue Devil thing. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who right? knows? Um, that he's like, okay, this is just like a little bit too much government supervision, but maybe we'll get to do something cool with it later. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know that this guy doesn't really work for the government. He mostly works for the evil Robotnik. Yeah. (laughs) Who also we think is gone forever on a mushroom planet. (laughs) Oh, the mushroom planet thing. Yeah. So, a joke about Mario. Right? No. I would say no. no. No, Sonic has a mushroom world. Huh? Yeah. In uh I want to say Sonic and Knuckles, one of like the first levels is a mushroom world. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Mushroom. Because I I thought having not played whatever game this mushroom world is from, I was like they're yeah. trying to have their cake and eat it too here. They're trying to dunk on Mario by going, "Oh, it's a stinky mushroom world. Who would want to go there?" But also they're trying to go Hey, you know what? You know how we have that Sonic and Mario uh, uh, at the Olympics video game? Maybe Mario comes into our movie. Like, I kind of felt like they were trying to have it both ways. I mean, that would be terrible. But no, there's a mushroom world uh, canonically within Sonic. I've just sent you a YouTube link to wow. the Genesis. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a Sonic and Knuckles area mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which makes sense why in sonic 2 and robotics is like guess what i found on the mushroom planet mm, knuckles. knuckles it all comes together yeah except this is what you, you get I, i'm looking forward me. to watching sonic 2 and figuring out why there's an echidna on the mushroom planet but also the echidnas are part of sonic's backstory yeah well they have a contentious anger he's out to kill the hedgehog i was surprised to see them in the first one, now that I'm watching it for a second time after watching the sequel, where I was like, oh, those are the Echidnas. Look at that. Yeah. What a rich, yeah. 
universe. It is. <laughs> I honestly, like, it's a rich universe with a great soundtrack. And I kind of feel like now that I'm on YouTube, there's like full playthroughs of like oh, the whole games. Hannah, and I, I might just watch one of these one of these days. For games I love, I watch these all oh, the man. time. I just want to like listen that. to the music of the chemical plant zone from Sonic 2. Well, Hannah, all the, the, one the aquatic time, run zone. Oh, man. Oh, one yeah. time I got on the exercise bike and I put on on mute like a, a, a playthrough of Mario Galaxy being like, I love this game. I can't wait to watch. And then the guy was so bad at it. It was making me <laughs> really mad. Oh, you don't want that. You want someone to be really good at it. I know. Yeah, I'm like, why make a YouTube video if you're terrible? You make a YouTube video if you're like, I did oh, it all funny. and not a single bad guy touched me. Those are the videos. Yeah. I think the Mushroom Hill Zone, sorry to harp, ends on, like, you get through the Mushroom Hill Zone and you're in a forest, Mm. and then Robotnik comes in with a big plane and bombs it. Okay. And you have to outrun the bombs. Mushroom Mm. clouds on the mushroom um, planet. It's very distressing, as I recall. And you as Knuckles are like, no, my planet, my people, (laughs) this is fucked up. I gotta go punch that guy with my gloves. (laughs) Hannah Blackman. Yeah. <laughs> you are 22 years old. You have spent most of your life in hiding. And due to recent events uh, with, you know, uh, Robotnik and, and there was just a, there's a whole kerfuffle. Um, you are going to have to reveal yourself to the public. Would you, in between doing things like your taxes, drugs having sex, you know, 22-year-old stuff. Would you hand the people of Green Hills, Wyoming? Montana. Montana. A copy of Sonic the Hedgehog, the official movie novelization by Keel Fegley. As an introduction to myself? Yes. Um, yeah, I think I would. Uh, I think this is a very cute little book. It is impressive how streamlined it is while still being totally cohesive. Um, it's fun, it's cute, it's charming, I liked it. I think I actually would hand it to someone first, and then if they're like, oh, I liked that, I'd be like, let's watch the movie. Mm. I think that's the order in which to engage with these things. Coming from the movie into the book, I was like, so much is missing here, Mm. it's a little tough. But I think a child, because I'm 14, of course, I was handing it to a younger friend (laughs) to help them get a sense of what my life has been like. This would be like a good thing to be like, this is the basic overview. And then we'll get into like the really fun, goofy bits, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Then you'll like really love Sonic when you get like the punched up version, which I think is the movie. Yeah. Matt Dartnell. Because I'm 14 years old. I'm a child Uh, in this scenario. (laughs) Matt Dartnell, you are a couple that, I don't know. uh, Do you think, do you think they wanted kids? And ended up with a Sonic? Yeah. No, I don't actually. I think that they're like people who are happy with each other and a dog. They seem really good for each other. I should not launch a theory right now about about how this is an analogy for uh, like not being able to conceive and like embracing adoption. I mean, do they adopt a kid? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't think their lives were empty without one. Like, I don't think they were like, mm. boy, I wish we had a kid. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, a, a, a new added element to our family and love story. Wow. Is this child the, the that most, we've adopted. The most independent one you could find, by the way. Like, you know, yeah, for, great a, for a 14-year-old, Sonic is very well, you know, acclimated to the 
to the solo living. He's got his own kid cave mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> you that's didn't my plan read on, on Tom having and kids. What was that, Hannah? I was saying that's my read on Tom and Maddie. Characters whose mm. names I learned. No, I know their names. Donut Lord and Pretzel Lady. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, you didn't necessarily want to have kids, but now you just do have one, an alien 22-year-old child, and <laughs> you're, you're not really sure what to do regarding parenting. Uh, for advice, would you watch Sonic the Hedgehog, the film directed by Jeff Fowler? Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely would. I think it's a really good starting point for, um, yeah, these these surprisingly deep themes about uh, community and family and friendship and using what you have to support those around you. And then you get to get a little bit of a Jim Carrey gateway drug. Uh, you get, you know. Bark, bark. Bark, bark. <laughs> and then you get plenty of... I think good pop culture references along the way, good sense of pace. It's like 93 minutes, you know, not a bad way to, to see a Hollywood blockbuster, I think. Mm. Well said. What a beautiful object. Lovely. Andrew Overbeam. Yeah. You are a little sycophant who works for a mad scientist. Yes. But you like love it. You love it, right? Mm -hmm. This is your dream job. This is your dream boss, your dream man. Everything's going perfect. Undeniable. Is he a little difficult to work with? Sometimes. But when he is thankful and appreciative, he's a good manager. You know, he Mm -hmm. gives positive when the feedback's positive, it's very positive. He knows how to communicate that. But you do have quite a bit of downtime when he locks himself in his lab to play music and dance out his thoughts. Mm. You have breaks. Mm -hmm. During one of those breaks, would you spend your time reading Sonic the Hedgehog by Kiel uh, Fegley? Definitely. And and loving it. (laughs) Definitely would. I think that this is an amazing junior novelization, maybe the best we've read in the sense that it... (laughs) pairs things down uh, to get to the length of a junior. Uh, the things it throws out are uh, not key to the story and I think could lead to a situation where if you read this novelization first, you'd be like, how fun, how funny. You watch the movie, there's even more to find. But mm-hmm. the essence it feels of the complete entire on its story. Own, right? yeah. What's that? The, the book feels complete on its own. It doesn't feel totally. like it's missing anything. And I think it, yeah. I think it has the, everyone's full arc in it. Um, and considering that there's a lot of ground to cover to set up everyone meeting each other, I mean, he's only meeting, uh, Tom Donut Lord, like, it's like 35 pages in, 40 pages in, we're, you know, a third of the way through the book, he gives the things weight that need them, like the character introductions, and then kind of speeds through things that, uh, would bog the story down if we spent a lot of time on the road trip or... Or anything like that. So, hmm. yeah, I love this book. I think it's super funny. There's a he does the thing where he, you know, he writes for children like they are adults, like they like have uh, they have a wealth of knowledge to draw from, like an adult would. When when Sonic goes to uh, do his final shot against Eggman to push him through the portal, it says he was going for a hail mary. He was going for a William Tell. In a junior novelization. Crazy. Really <laughs> loved it. 
huge mm-hmm. recommend to child and even honestly adult if you like have any interest in reading a junior novelization this is one of the better ones yeah matt dartnell you exist on the on the letterbox website and people can find you under <laughs> your own name is that correct uh i recently changed it from matt dartnell to matt d so oh, shit kind of oh shit yes Twist. you can find me there. i'm on letterboxd it is still at matchstick man and i am still embarking on another wonderful year of trying to break 400 movies watched so wow. let's go 2023 That's a lot of movies well you can as always find hannah and i on letterboxd as well and now me on goodreads mm-hmm. she's always been there i just picked it up I love to track myself doing things. Oh, I yeah. love to take a box and check a thing and have a list. Yeah, Andrew, for it, the amount um, of books you read, I'm surprised, I'm surprised it took this long. Yep, me too. Uh, the Goodreads interface, though, wow, terrible, huh? Really, really bad. To our listeners, please do rate our podcast, review it, subscribe to it. Tell your friends, tell your friends, we're never, ever going to make money doing this, and we love it. We just want a few more people to listen. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. I'm getting desperate again. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. (laughs) As usual, I'm going to end the podcast with a selection from a classic piece of literature. Please tweet at AuthorizedPod if you recognize what this is from. Sonic, Donut Lord, and Pretzel Lady sat around the breakfast table in their new domestic bliss. Suddenly, Donut Lord saw Sonic putting chili on his breakfast cereal. He started to reach over to stop him. Pretzel Lady's hand rested on Donut Lord's. Be easy on him, hun, she said. Sonic's not from here. He's a bit of a... The Outsiders. Good night! Sonic game I put to you the question can you name the Sonic character and game no I cannot but let's play so each one of these is two points yes uh, except for this first slide the title slide is a slide Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously we all know on the left what are we looking at on the left there Matt our very good friend ugly Sonic himself the teeth Sonic too from, many teeth. I hate, I hate those teeth. They I made the right choice teeth. in not doing that. It I know, is I a know. historic example of a company bowing to peer pressure. And they were and right to a, do it. They were right <laughs> like, to do it. They were so right to do it. We would Which not have Sonic 2 with that Sonic. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Imagine Ben Schwartz's voice coming out of that Ooh. guy. Just Ugh. like for, for, for <laughs> 93 minutes. 93 minutes straight. Just... <laughs> To start off, he talks a lot. He talks a ton. The the person on this slide who is not Sonic Mm -hmm. is our first question. The hardest one in the entire game. I think probably impossible. Can you name the Sonic character and the game that it is from? Hannah. Uh, This blonde woman. 
I Hannah. think that this, and I don't know her name, so I won't take that point, but I think this is Shadow's girlfriend who dies from Sonic Adventures 2. Mm. It's a guess Holy that I'm taking shit. right now. I kind of want to make sure that you're not right. <laughs> Just because uh, it, this is not from Sonic Adventures 2. This is okay. from uh, Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh. The game where he has a fucking gun. <laughs> Fuck yeah. He has a I gun and a which... hot, blonde, human girlfriend. He does have a Shadow the Hedgehog girlfriend. And guess what her, her name is? She does die. That's why I'm like wondering if somehow it's the same person. Her Matt. name. Matt is... votes Shelly. Oh, Shadow I can, and Shelly. I can see her as a Shelly, but this is, of course, Maria Robotnik. <gasps> no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Related to the man What a himself. catch for our friend Shadow I think the Hedgehog. I, looking at a Wikipedia page right now, I think that this girl is indeed Shadow's girlfriend who dies. <laughs> I I have chosen to believe you because why the fuck else would she be in Shadow the Hedgehog? Yeah. Also, yeah. in this picture, it looks like I'm she's gonna... about to get hit by a train. Or yes, something it like does. That. Do I get yes. a point for any of that? Yeah, I'll give you a point for the character. That's okay. that's awesome. Obviously, you. you got the game wrong, but like that's pretty cool. Well, um, I, you know, <laughs> we are playing six degrees of boyfriend or girlfriend. So. <laughs> Doesn't this kind of look like uh, Sonic, like the Sonic team, just trying to do their Princess Peach? <laughs> it <Yeah>. totally does. <laughs> She's in sort of like a like a prairie dress. Mm. <laughs> She's got those big princess cartoon shoulder pads, the circles. Yeah, they're like puffy. <laughs> yeah, she's like a Princess Peach in Daisy's garments. I don't I'm working on my new mm. stand-up set. Is this good? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Up next, can you name the Sonic character? And the game that the still is from, mm -hmm. uh, the big guy. Hannah. Hannah. This is Big the Cat. Big the Cat from and what I game? A game I haven't played and don't know. But okay, if no I one know he shows up in Sonic Adventures, but this is too good animation to be that game. You are correct that it's too Thank good. You. Uh, if the game cannot be got, or if the yeah the game, let me take it clean. If the game cannot be guessed, I will provide for you the cover sans the title. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I, I was right that it's Big the Cat. Hmm. Ooh. The background I will never is guess, very important I will never here. guess this. I will never guess any of these. I am pretty sure. So. I don't know this one. This is the newest Sonic game, Sonic Frontiers. Mm. The reason I said look at the background is because this game has been getting a lot of press for mimicking like Zelda Breath of the Wild and having this huge open outdoor world, except people are saying they just forgot to populate it with things. <laughs> it's just empty. <laughs> it's just like a field. Oh, wow. Up next. Not how you spell frontiers. Uh, is it? Uh, right. so don't it's, pay attention to that. It's close. <laughs> it is Up next, close. who's this character and what game are they from? Oh my gosh. What a blast from the past is this character whose name I don't yeah, remember. I just had that same I just had that same like like tidal wave of, of random childhood emotion. <laughs> mm. Well, we're looking also, at a, I, a 
a, a mammalian character who is uh, seems to be female presenting. Uh, I am referring to that character and not the little... Not the chew, not the little chew. Mm, mm. Um. 1964 graphics. <laughs> 64? Second, this, is this is Dreamcast almost for sure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is a Wait, Sonic not, Adventure or a Sonic Adventure 2, and I'm going to say this is that Sonic Matt Adventure said 1964. Not he Nintendo sure did. 64. Yes, he okay. did. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what I was talking about. I want to guess the game, and I'm going to say this is Sonic Adventures. Okay. Matt, I don't do you have, have any guess for the character or the game? No, I do not. All right. This is, of course, Cream the Rabbit. I knew she was a rabbit. And here is the cover for the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. Title. Ooh, I yeah, baby. For sure. It is of course Sonic Adventure, or as I know it, because I played it on GameCube. Sonic Adventure Director's Cut. Yeah, well, I played it on the Dreamcast, and it made <laughs> noises between every level. <laughs> there were even on the GameCube crazy load times. <laughs> God, I love the Dreamcast. What a bad system. I can't tell you, Hannah, how much nostalgia gave me to just see this corner of the overworld map. <laughs> Up next, who's this Sonic character and what are they what game are they from? <clears throat> Anna. Looking I've for never... the name of, of these creatures. These are little these, these are little chews. They're little chaos gremlins. Mm-hmm. Well, Aren't okay, they called the... chews? We have the angel, we have the devil, and we have... A neutral. And if you play oh, the game as a nice guy, they become nice. And if you play the game as a, as a shadow, they become bad. I, oh. I accept that guess. I just don't think that that's how you that pronounce the, the character. Okay. It's been a long time. I could because be wrong. their lore is that they're like connected to the Chaos Emerald, so I believe that we're supposed to be calling them like K.O.s or something. Chows? Little cow? C-H-A-O. It's Chow Chaos Chows? without the S. Cow. Um, That's a really fun game mechanic. I like that. You yeah, you like f- feed them. Does stuff, your Pokemon does your Pokemon turn good or does your Pokemon turn bad? That kind right? of right. Am I right about that? Anyway, this, they show up in Sonic Adventure. Your guess one. is Sonic Adventure one, and that these are Chows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I'm desperate to to get some points, I'm gonna guess Sonic Adventure two, just for the record. That's a good Great. guess. So this is of course very very prices right. That guess. Uh, these are, of course, the KOs, which I will give to Hannah, even though I Thank disagree. You. On I like that you call them chews. That's, I don't, that's cute. I, no, no, I, you I know, did it's one of those games too. where the dialogue is like, bah, 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 yeah. you know, like, so then nobody's ever saying it out loud, and you like make up how you want to say it. I, I called them chews as a kid as well. I just do think it must be KO. I would call it chow. Yeah. Because it's cuter. And this is, of course, from the game. Sonic Adventure 2, uh, I, I think I would yeah, have accepted Matt. Sonic Adventure 2 or Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, which were mm-hmm. different versions of the same game. Points on the board. Points yeah, on Matt. the board. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I like how in this era of drawings of Sonic, it feels like the artist was like, I'm going to draw a fun hand and then figure out the rest of the pose. <laughs> <laughs> what is Shadow doing with his hand? What is he doing? <laughs> Who's going to voice Shadow in Sonic 3? Oh my gosh. Oh, we don't know that yet. Mm-mm. Dave Batista. <laughs> <laughs> okay, up next. Who is this Sonic character and what are they from? Oh. 
Uh, Matt votes chili dog. Hello. What, what is? What are we looking at here, Matt? Uh, we're looking at a, a a Sonic America's Drive-In mascot that I've never seen before. Uh, it is a it is a hot dog that looks like it has I don't know uh, cornflakes glued to its belly. I assume it's cheese. I assume he's a, he's a chili cheese dog. Um, that's everyone's favorite American mascot, the chili cheese dog Sonic Man. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, so the answer Wait. is, of course, and also Sonic the Hedgehog's favorite food. Are those Wait related? First. Is that on purpose? You know? I, yeah, I, I, like... I I don't think it's related, or at least legally, I don't think they're allowed <laughs> to relate them. This character is not named, even though it is one of the mascots of Sonic the Restaurant. Uh, and people refer to it as like, oh, the hot dog or the chili dog mascot. So I'm giving it to Matt. Yeah, mm-hmm, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, but just, Points I can't believe what a failure of like American, you know, uh, it, uh marketing it is to not name this fucking hot dog no i agree it's a real missed opportunity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he could use a little bit of a redesign while they're at it but yeah it's a bummer and of course matt is correct that this is from the restaurant but i would have also accepted that this is from capitalism <laughs> <laughs> i think we should All also right. note that his arms and legs are blue and he's wearing little white gloves so there's nothing to say that this isn't sonic the hedgehog in a chili cheese dog costume oh, this <laughs> hey. is a summer job <laughs> He's a young man. He needs a little something to do between school semesters, you know? I mean, let's be real. The dude needs some responsibility. Like, he needs, <laughs> he needs some accountability for his actions. This is a, not a bad also, way. It's, also, we live in a capitalistic society. Mm-hmm. He's got to oh, yeah, pay hustle. for that electricity. Yeah. No, he doesn't. But He's a uh, child, this is not so a bad not way yet, but to, someday. Uh, this is not a bad way for him to pretend to, you know, be human if he's hiding yeah. on Earth. Yeah. To be in a hot dog. <laughs> Our final question... How are we doing on uh, scores? It's four to two, Hannah. Amazing. Our Due final to my question. Knowledge of Big the Cat. <laughs> yeah, really. What well, is the Sonic character, and what game is the character from? Uh Matt. Matt. Matt votes. That is Super Saiyan Sonic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From. I mean, that's as far as I can go, but it is Super Saiyan Sonic. This to is my game from a building game I credit. Sorry, what's that? This is from a game I have not played, so I don't. Well, to know. to my game building credit, I think that the background of this game can help you determine what game this is. Is this from the version the the Sega version of Super, not Super Smash Brothers, but like Mario Party? There's like a Sega version with Sonic characters. Are you guessing Mario Party? I'm not guessing Mario Party. I'm <laughs> guessing the Sega equivalent, which I believe exists, but I don't know what it's called. Hmm. Okay, so point to Mac for <laughs> identifying Supersonic, and of course, Hannah, so close to the gold here. This is from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh my gosh! Oh. So if I had just been like, this is Super Smash Brothers, and followed my incorrect speaking of my... I could have gotten a point. Yes. It's okay. I still won. So yes. So uh, this is the one <laughs> wow. of the Sonic maps uh, that you can fight on in Super Smash Brothers. Hmm. Is he a playable character in the game, or is he just uh, a local who stopped by to visit? Yeah, what's I going on? don't know Ultimate so well, but my guess is that you can play as Sonic and you can go Super by doing certain things in a fight. Mm. Mm. That makes sense. Sounds fun. I mean. It's 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 a ton of fun. 
I spend most of my life trying to get back to that feeling of being in a dorm room playing Smash with friends. <laughs>